0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Good, good. We're going to start off with good news. So this is good news day today. I hope we can last the whole program, Uh, (laughs) not have to mention some bad stuff. (laughs) No, this is, uh, there was a ruling uh, yesterday, I believe, and it came from a judge by the name of Catherine Kimball Uh Mazzell, and uh, she is known to the public, and uh, she was appointed by Trump. So all is not lost. She had a ruling that we said, good, but... Why did we have to go through the process? We should have our liberties as being automatic, but as soon as we get a little bit back, we get excited. Well, it's better getting a little bit back than more taken away from us. So th- this is good. And uh, the, the ruling has to do with the, the insanities of, of, of COVID, because even at this point, where the evidence is so slim uh, that there's a great danger out there from COVID. And there's so much evidence to prove that it was a scam, probably, and that uh, pharmaceuticals uh, are the ones that uh, benefited the most from all this. But uh, she made a a ruling that uh, the mandate for masks at airports, airplanes, and other public transportation uh, has been removed. And uh, it's you know technically in the, in, a, in the issue of liberty is sloppy stuff, but. Right now, it's good stuff because uh, we look for bits and pieces. And and I I think it started with a football game and it started with a few other things and PTA meetings. And uh, the the shift was occurring and I think it's going to continue. The momentum is is in election year. But this this is great that this has happened. So she needs complimented and... uh, of course uh, had something to do with uh, uh florida <laughs> so i guess it's not a surprise that we hear this from florida so uh let's hope this uh motivates a lot more people to join the momentum on, on the restoration of liberty maybe there'll be a point when we'll uh decide that liberty is automatically and uh, it comes when we're born
1: you know it is a mixed feeling because you know we both felt triumphant yesterday this is great finally, common sense but then you stop for a second and say, how did they ever do this to us in the first place? Yeah. You know, How was it possible that they could have done this in the first place? But as expected, uh, this judge, and you might ask, well, why wasn't that ruled You know, two years ago? She ruled that it was illegal. It's illegal for them to do this. It's unlawful for them to do this. And of course, we knew that all along. <coughs> and we're happy to hear it. And of course, as in the blue state... COVID dead-enders are having a field day with her. They're flipping out. Oh, well, she doesn't count because she was appointed by Trump, right? (laughs) right. Oh, she doesn't count because she's too young. Uh, Because in her confirmation process, some people uh, question whether at 35 years old or however she was old back then, whether she had enough experience. She wasn't a real judge over and over. That's all they have to cling to. But as uh, Jeff Tucker, and we have a, a great piece from Jeff Tucker... On the Ron Paul Institute website. As he pointed out, the real issue was how were they able to do this in the first place? You know, no, that's that, the question.
0: Yeah, it, and uh, the guard of the people against this time, it uh, they take things for granted and they they lose their guard and protection and although our liberties come to us in a natural fashion is my belief uh there's also a natural instinct by many to take it away from us and that is the uh, contest of life and uh and this we've sort of lived through it and i think most people were pretty much asleep and and uh, we had uh I talk so much about why you just can't cling to one party and think that that party is going to stand for liberty because some of the really bad stuff, you know, if you name the really bad stuff and I start with war, it's usually endorsed by both parties or the second big one is the control of the economy, central economic planning and the destruction of currency. That is very bipartisan. We hardly even get a whimper from anybody about that other than tinkering. And uh, they'll tinker, you know, with the foreign policy, and they'll tinker with. Oh, well, we have trouble with somebody that's about managing COVID, and they don't know what they're doing in Florida. And but you should be doing what we're doing in California, yeah. and and, and the nonsense goes on.
1: Well, I'm going to read a couple of passages from from Jeff Tucker's piece because. It really is. It bears repeating. It is a really a masterful piece. He said, COVID protocols were doing nothing to stop the pandemic, but plenty to make it a massive presence in our lives, even if none of it was real anymore. At some point, it felt like any run-of-the-mill dystopian movie. The goal of the despotic government is to manufacture a crisis so that people live in fear and obey. That is it in a sentence. He goes on. But the airport was particularly strange. Why does the fear here exist? but doesn't exist a few miles down the road. For that matter, why does the fear exist while walking or standing, but go away once you're shelling out $20 for a cocktail at the airport bar? And that was what we scratched our heads for two years. It doesn't make any sense. You felt like you were living in a madhouse. But let's stick with the theme of being positive. We have a video clip of some people, I think it's on a Southwest Airlines flight, when it was announced to them You no longer have to do it. Let's watch this, because this is a Berlin Wall kind of moment, I think.
0: April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. (laughs) Finally!
1: yeah, and someone yelled, "What took so long?" And that's exactly the right. Yeah, answer. as great as this is, you know, it
0: brings back is the memory of the kids. Yeah, remember the kids? They were a little bit more. Yeah, very well, boy. They got excited and jumped up and down. And they're getting a little bit of their freedom back again. So this is uh, this is. But one thing about it, as. As as dangerous as it is, when people are taking away your liberty, it's contagious and spreads. And if I can take away this and regulate this, I can do it here, here, here. If I can build the empire by, uh, you know, committing a coup over here, we can do it over here. But this whole momentum of this, uh, uh, you know, keeps it going and, and energizes some people. And uh, so, so some of the other agencies are joining in. Finally, they weren't they weren't fighting us. They were delighted. You know, like the CDC.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: there they were. Uh, they were they were the culprits. They were carrying out the crime. Matter of fact, they might have been the, mo- the chief motivators. Yeah. You know, and they just defied the system, defied the Constitution and everything else. But uh, they're they need to back down now.
1: It almost feels like they were the they're they're the East German border guards watching as the wall comes down and suddenly they look up with a tear in their eye and realize that the game is over. You know? And, and, and say, Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. join in. <laughs> well let's let's look at a couple of clips because
1: here's what happened almost immediately after the judge made a ruling. Uh, the next one this is the TSA will not enforce its security directives and emergency am- am- amendment requiring mask use on public transportation. And transportation hubs at this time. Boom. Next one. CDC follows up. They say, "See, this is from Zero Heads." CDC says public transportation mask mandate no longer in effect. Uh, The Bloomberg report: CDC says national mask mandate is gone, no longer in effect. Uh, It just kind of disappeared out of uh, in thin air now that the ruling happened. Yeah.
0: Well, well, this to me is great. You know, it brings back uh, a little bit of horror memories about uh, the stupidity of the of the obsession yeah that the stewardess wanted to actually use glue yeah
1: yeah she
0: can't she 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 had to have been out of her mind yeah but but the whole thought of i mean that's how how this stuff encourages people to just become zombies and uh and then uh, Of course, the thing that was very detestable during this whole process is the people who didn't know anything about science and they were following all the rules and following the rules was the litmus test of their allegiance to liberty and if you didn't follow the rules to protect their liberty uh they yelled and screamed at you you know uh, that that to me was obscene and yet they uh they they thought they had a uh, monopoly on truth the trouble is is they they were working with a monopoly on ignorance yeah and yet they were able to get away with this
1: well, you know, you, you make a good reference, and we have a clip for this. And because the the point now is, we cannot let them forget. We can't let anyone forget what happened. You know, just like, you know, in South Africa after the end of apartheid, they had a truth commission where you went and you looked back at the crimes that were committed. We need a truth commission in the U.S. to really look at the crimes committed against humanity in these past two years. And here's one of them. Here's Exhibit A in my in my trial of these really evil people, and you mentioned it. This is from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. This is last year. Southwest flight attendant tells mother to glue mask to toddler's face. Here's the little child. I guess the child, uh, gets this child in particular, comforted uh, himself with sucking a thumb, which some kids do do that. Uh, And the uh, flight attendant went nuts. The kids crying. As a parent, when you look at this, you you feel uh, anger, right? and so it does feel like a time for recrimination for trials and, and one last little thing from jeff tucker's piece because this uh sums it up he said this did not happen by accident it happened because a tiny group of intellectuals who implausibly gained control over a machinery of power believed that they had the power to remake the world and they used a pandemic to try out their skills that's a terrifying reality and one that should loom large in our minds and hearts for many years to come. Extremely good uh, conclusion, I think, on his part. The,
0: the old story, good versus evil, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's ongoing. And and the whole thing is, is when the bad people get a, you know, get control, you. People think they become depressed. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. But stories like this indicates that ideas do have consequences. It's individuals that can change it. Things don't have to be this way. There's always ups and downs. And uh, it's what people decide uh, would they rather live in a free society or not and understand why and then contribute to it. And those numbers will make a difference, you know. Uh, uh, but you have to be willing to at least state your case. And uh, I believe in stating the case as purely as possible, not re- realizing that nobody's gonna reach perfection on either end. Yeah. And, but but I think you have to have a concept of, of uh, what liberty is all about. and. And like Jeff was pointing out, it is the inconsistencies and misunderstanding of what liberty is. They think uh, uh, liberty is uh, uh, something evil. Oh, that means you can do anything you want. Oh, yeah, there, there are a couple rules about liberty. Yeah. You can't take it away from anybody else. Yeah. And that's the part they don't even, they don't even want to talk about, the, you know, the uh, Marxists.
1: I think one other thing that should be brought up, which probably won't be popular, and it might make people uncomfortable, but it's the issue of cowardice. Cowardice pervade the society. People put their heads down and they did what they were told. Very few people stood up and said, no, I won't do it. And I can't tell you how many people I'm sure you've talked to as well. Oh, I was never into the mass. I never, But I only put it on when they told me because I didn't want any trouble. You know? And when you have a society that's so easily cowed, that won't stand up and say, hell no, you're not going to do this to us. Uh, then you're going to have this over and over again. Um, I have a couple more clips before we move on, just because I clipped them and I don't want to waste them. (laughs) But right after this happened, um, uh, someone sent me this this morning. Changes to COVID uh, safety policies from Uber. Now, Uber, up until now, was forcing its drivers and its passengers to wear masks. I know some people who drive from Uber, and it turned into kind of a blackmail situation, uh, where if someone wasn't, you could report the driver and you could do this and that. Really, really ugly uh, again, too little, too late. Yes, it's a private company, but still uh, it was a terrible thing. And finally, just finishing up on this, the White House, <laughs> it was interesting to see how toothless they are when this passed because they had the CDC had just said, we are going to extend the mandate on the airplanes and transport for another 10 days, I think it was, or two weeks or what have you, 10 months, uh, but put the next one. So then they got they got the rug pulled out from under them. White House expresses disappointment. Uh, This is obviously a disappointing decision, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters. The CDC is recommending wearing a mask on public transport. It's almost as if she's the last person standing. Poor babies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. poor babies. Exactly. So,
0: you know, the, the other thing that I think that came out of this is very bad and it was the enforcement. You were talking a little bit about the enforcement and the coercion, and it wasn't—it wasn't a federal police officer, a federal uh, army officer with a machine gun. It was intellectual and pressure, but it was also the combination, the coalition that has developed, been around for a long time, but really blossom. And that is how government and corporations uh... learned to work together so the, uh, the the corporatism that developed the corporations were the enforcers which amplified the loss of liberty because they're the protectors well they believe in profits and they believe in free enterprises and that is the distortion of language because uh, yes it's easier to 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 uh, criticize, uh, you, you know, free markets. If they're describing, if they're looking only at corporatism and inflationism, warmongering, all these things, and it, yes, it's easy to attack free market. So it is a job of, uh, of not allowing them to get away with their definitions, definition of these words.
1: Yeah, there is something really sick deep in our society, and we have to really pause for, I think, self-reflection. Uh, but our next topic, is from someone who I think has paused for self-reflection and I think it's certainly the best governor in the United States there's no question about it he's been vindicated across the board and here he is taking on another battle Florida school chief rejects math textbooks over quote attempts to indoctrinate students this is the head of the uh, Richard Corcoran the uh, education commissioner he says these math books are nothing but Marxist indoctrination Your
0: reaction was the same as mine. In math? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know what they're teaching, such as critical race theory in mathematics. How does that even work? (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> it's delight. They want chaos, and they can de- they can even invade mathematics and destroy mathematics. Yeah. That's why two plus two equals five. Yeah. You know yeah. it, it, all the nonsense. You can't know the truth of that. It's uh, it's impossible to know these answers. So this is th- th- that's how how far it has infiltrated. But that once again, this is because they went overboard. I think they overstepped their bounds, and I, I think there's been some lines drawn in the sand. But one thing is is we know some of the people on our side of this issue don't have a clear concept of liberty either and uh, they uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get in the fight, but then they might, uh, you, you know, back off a little bit. And they, they have to understand that uh, this is not an easy battle, but there are allies out the encourage the people to join to understand why liberty is superior to totalitarianism and authoritarianism. That is, it, it's not that complicated. I, I mean, how, if you took a thousand people off the street corner, and you had this quiz about, uh, you know, the authoritarian approach to what they do in life versus voluntarism. How many people would come down overwhelmingly and say, oh, I love authoritarianism because I don't know what to do if the government doesn't send me these regular. What if I didn't pay taxes? And that's what we have to pay for our freedoms yeah. to get the information from them. We don't have to pay for it. We just pay taxes. So that, that's the kind of nonsense that has to be broken. I'm still, I'm
1: still astonished about it being into math, because imagine a future society where America has no qualified mathematicians, because when they go to their math class, they're told that white people are horrible, and that's it. <laughs> they're not learning how to do calculus, no. they spend all day learning you know, the history of repression, or whatever it is. It's just, it's just astonishing. But, in and this is reference to DeSantis, here's what he said when they had an, this announcement, if you can put on that next clip, if you can. He, you know, he, he nails it as usual. He says it seems some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built on the foundation of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially bizarrely for elementary school students, Florida Governor DeSantis said. I'm grateful that Commissioner Corcoran and his team at the department have conducted such a thorough vetting of these textbooks to ensure they comply with the law. That's really leadership, you know, on DeSantis's part. And I really have to say, I'm—I I'm, could not be less interested in politics. But if DeSantis wasn't such a hawk on foreign policy, he's so good on so many things. If he would only consider the benefits of uh, American-first, uh, non-interventionist foreign policy, he would be uh, a great candidate for president. You know-
0: One thing that I like to do, and it's not very practical, and it doesn't happen very often, is when you get a guy like uh, DeSantis, is to be able to have a conversation and pick his brain. Who influenced you? How did this happen? Uh, Did you live in the inner city? For instance, uh, uh, Walter Williams. Uh, you know was raised by a single parent in, in a black district of Philadelphia and uh, and he and he sorted it all out but a person like DeSantis I'd like to know and in all levels of society will come to it in different way it might be a single person it might be a single teacher it might be a single parent that, that uh, uh, will help somebody and guide somebody and uh, I I just think they're such positive stories because they vary so much. It isn't, I I definitely think that, uh, you know, a married couple, uh, you, you know, raising kids is pretty important. But it doesn't sound like it's the only thing that happens. I mean, Walter Williams was an example. He, he essentially didn't have a father figure, you know. There, so uh, but I, anyway, that's a fascination I have to 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 uh, to because sometimes they don't even. Th- People don't even think it through. And exactly, who was it that influenced you to think this way? When when did it happen? And uh, it's different. I ask a question a lot. It's different for different people. Sometimes it's you know it's sort of a strike of lightning and the light comes on and and people change their minds. Sometimes it's very very gradual uh, by individuals and and the people they've associated with. You know that
1: same kind of hysteria that guided and enabled. Uh, two years of repressive COVID policy, that same kind of fear and hysteria has just been transferred over to the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Uh, And that has enabled the same kinds of opportunists who took advantage of COVID to line their pockets and to oppress people. It gives those same types of people the ability to turn our society into a war society. And this next clip is an example of just how pervasive this tyranny is. uh, Turn up the next one. Here we go. This is from antiwar.com. Dave DeCamp, Treasury Secretary to press other countries to ramp up sanctions on Russia. This is little Janet Yellen. She's going around shaking her finger at other countries.
0: And, hey, well, She's the treasurer. She's supposed to balance the books and pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> but here she is, and it, this isn't the first time we mention mentioned her dealing with, with the foreign policy. But the world is more complex, and the financial system is more complex. And when you're trying to... Preserve the power of the central uh, of the uh, world reserve currency like the dollar. They have their job field and and money and, and uh, The militarism of the world has an influence on the monetary uh, uh, Sense of worth because if if a country gets into trouble and they're on a gold standard that doesn't automatically say everything is going to be be, be perfect and uh, the people that uh, uh, you, you know, want to know about it. They they have to know that the foreign policy does come together and she's involved and she uh, loves to use uh, sanctions. And this headline here, Treasury Secretary press uh, press other countries to ramp up sanctions on Russia as, as the solution. Well, I have very low respect for all sanctions. Yeah. I, and I'm sick and tired of the people sanctioning the American citizens. And uh, I think that's our first order of business, is get our government off our backs and out of our pockets. This is interesting because it shows that this, this is a different kind of war. Obviously, it's a
1: proxy war between the neocons and yeah. the, uh, the left neocons in the U.S. against Russia. But it's a total war. The first thing that happened is all... News outlets with a, with a differing point of view were taken off the air, including all the Russian ones, of course. Uh, and then all the people were silenced. And now we're seeing, as you say, the person whose job it is to balance the books now she's putting on a camouflage outfit and a, you know, in a, in a flak jacket and she's out there. Uh, it's a total war, a new kind of war, but it's the same old kind of war as well because this war, this Ukraine Russia war, has proven to be a big bonanza for the military industrial complex, just like two years of COVID were a big bonanza for the big pharma uh, complex, uh, industrial complex. So the same kinds of rip offs in both. And I don't think Dr. Paul, because fear is such a big factor in this, that people are going to rise up in a philosophical way. But I think if somehow we can convince them how they're getting ripped off That might be an opening. I don't know. I could be wrong.
0: You know, if if a society always had to pay the bills for war and these different things uh, directly and immediately, you know, it wouldn't happen. But that's why you always have to have control of money, and we we've been working on that and gradually destroying the value of the dollar. You know, all the way back to nineteen thirteen. And uh, I, I'm convinced if you uh, had a Federal Reserve uh, and you get rid of it, uh, that you're less likely to have wars because they wouldn't, ha- they couldn't destroy, they couldn't tax you by just printing money. It's the inflationism, and and the, and the people pay for it. And they say, how do you mean? We're not even taxed. I don't even pay income tax. Do you ever buy groceries? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the inflation tax, and uh, and so. so Yellen was the head of the Fed he's the head of the Treasury and uh, she, and, and I, I'm sure she's on f- friendly terms with the military industrial <laughs> complex and, uh, it, and this whole system of buying weapons and sp- spending weapons and as, as well as in the system of creating money and credit uh, that, that's been her, been her life but she's the perfect example of how she's the university darling professor. Yeah. You know, and she, she defends it all by intellectualism, which is uh, a, a little bit of a uh, deceitful <laughs> presentation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you had something you were going to read uh, on the same line about the military-industrial complex getting rich off this conflict is something that we both know. Yeah,
0: and we've sort of mentioned this before, and this comes from Zero Hedge, Inside the Ukraine-induced defense contractor there's a gold rush on yeah. at, uh, at, the, at the Pentagon. And uh, this was written by William Hartong yeah. and appeared in Common Dreams. But he has a quote here, and this quote uh, he uh, is a quote from uh, Greg Hayes, who was the CEO of Raytheon. Mm. Sort of Probably knows a little bit about the uh, he he might be one of the top dogs there for yeah, all we know. Yeah. I think they always do quite well oh, you know yeah. when it's going on and uh, the 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 thing I'm going to read here's a paragraph is to show about attitude, the attitude and how cocky they are and how evil this the things that they want to do are here, Raytheon technology CEO Greg Hayes typically bragged that the prospect of conflict in Eastern Europe and other global hotspots would be good for business. Yes. Can you believe it? Adding that, quote, we are seeing, I would say, opportunities for international sales. Boy, can you just see him doing this? Yeah, Rubbing their hands. The, the tensions in Eastern Europe, the tensions in South China Sea, see, he's, a, he's an internationalist. At South China Sea's. We have to build ships over there, blow them up and rebuild them. All of those things are putting pressure on some of the defense spending over there. So I fully expect we're going to see some benefit from this. And uh, he was convinced that uh, he the, the and Raytheon, his company was talking to his, his, person, uh, his personnel. This company, our company would benefit from this conflict. They didn't say... You know we're going to provide for, and there will be profits. I mean, he. he this is uh, this is their life. Yeah. So you can see why. But but uh, I could I could still see them, and they probably would have uh, a teeny ounce or less of uh, being honest about it. Oh, I don't want. I don't like war. I just like more spending. Yeah. So, uh, but they sort of can easily forget about the, the real payment of these wars that go on, uh, whether it's uh, it's been Korea or Vietnam, the Middle East, uh, Ukraine, all these things. There's always a payment, and usually guys like Craig Hayes uh, doesn't uh, really pay much of his fair share. And
1: companies like Raytheon make our policymakers rich. Our own Secretary of Defense, Austin, he was on the board of Raytheon. <laughs> he became rich because of this. Why do you think he's driving war because he gets profit from war? And we've talked about this too. All the talking heads—they should—they should reveal where their money comes from because a lot of them are getting a lot of money from Raytheon and then getting on MSNBC and Fox and saying "Go war, rah rah rah." So let me—I
0: want to, you know, have another little quote here uh, that, uh, that came from Greg. Uh, he says, I make no apology for this. I think, again, recognizing we are there t- to defend democracy. For them, democracy is liberty. You know, that's what Profits. they pretend it is. And the fact is, eventually we will see some benefit in the business <laughs> over time. Oh <laughs> yeah. What a garbage thing.
1: Well, we're going to talk about this and a lot of similar topics on our June 4th conference in Houston. Uh, go to ronpaulinstitute.org. Uh, for information and get your tickets. I'm happy to report, Dr. Paul, that almost seven in every ten available tickets have been sold. So we are going to to sell out. We've got a big announcement on Thursday. We'll talk about our first speaker that's going to be there. Uh, But it's going to be a great event. Biden doctrine. What is he bringing for us? Nuclear war, new world order. Uh, So it's going to be a hot one. We look forward to seeing you all in Houston. RonPaulInstitute.org, upper right hand. At least check it out for some more information to see if it works in your schedule
0: very good daniel i want to just close out once again to thank our viewers for tuning in but also i want to expand just a little bit about my fear of corporatism uh, and some people call it fascism and some people call it uh, communism and the whole works but corporatism is where Uh, You know, the uh, money people, the corporations come together and they become partners. Fascism actually sets the standard for that. Uh, Mises thought that if you have interventionism and you have benefits going to corporations, that you will have uh, eventually a bad economy. But the danger to it is that it, it drifts toward not the conventional socialism. That's why Biden doesn't fit the category of a socialist. He, he's a corporatist, and, they, and the Republicans fit this category as well. They come together, and the corporations become an arm of the government. Just think of social media, how, how, how well they operate, the, the social media for enforcing the rules against freedom of speech. So we have to understand that liberty is not a corporate thing. Liberty is an individual thing. Each and every one, you know, people say, no, what we need in this country is diversity, and we'll force diversity on you. I'll tell you what my idea of diversity is, is personal liberty allowing to run your life as you see fit with the promise that you won't initiate aggression against anybody else. That, to me, is what diversity should be all about, and you lead your life as you choose.